You're listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. If you care about growing your skills and getting more new sales appointments, pipeline, and closed one deals, you came to the right place. Subscribe to the show on YouTube, iTunes, or Spreaker, and be sure to go back and listen to all the episodes for the best strategies, tips, and tactics out there on running a high-performance sales development program. And now, your host, founder, and CEO of TenBound at TenBound.com, David Delaney. CRM has been proven to limit sales reps' responsiveness, persistency, and cadence. It's a design flaw, and it's losing you deals. That is why today's sales leaders use sales engagement platforms like VanillaSoft. Check it out. Go to VanillaSoft.com and start your free trial. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am very excited to have this person on the show. We've been in correspondence for a long time, and we finally get a chance to dig in. Lauren Dadigan, Senior Director of Sales Development at CB Insights. How are you doing? I'm doing great, David. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I was connected from Pete with Modern Sales Pros, and I was like, oh, I, I know Lauren. Don't worry. Let me, I'll get her on the show. So this is awesome. So Lauren, how did you get into sales development? If folks don't, are, are not connected with you yet, how did you get into this and rise to you know the level of senior director of sales development? Yeah, absolutely. So my background is, is probably a bit different than most. I actually did start as an account executive, ran my own book of business and absolutely loved it. But I did enjoy helping SDRs and, and teaching them. So I knew that management was something I wanted to get in down the line. I you know, started my management career as the first ever account executive, trying to learn how to grow an online business. And once I did that, I was able to grow a team there and just kind of fell into to the sales development area. And, you know, it's, it's been incredible. I love working with individuals that are young in their career that are looking to grow in sales and help them grow personally and professionally. Nice. Okay. And then now CB Insights, if people are not familiar with it, First of all, I want to talk a little bit about what you guys do over there and then also the growth that has happened over the last you know, couple of years that you've been doing this. So tell us about CB Insights and then I want to dig in on that growth. Absolutely. So we are a market intelligence platform that tracks emerging technologies and trends. So we have a lot of different industries and, and companies that we work with. We have historic data. So really anything you can find on the internet, but the way we differentiate ourselves is our predictive data and that is information that companies look for in a sense of, you know, what new market should we enter? Who is going to disrupt our market share in our industry? Who should we acquire? Who is, you know, our next customer? Who should we invest in? So all of these questions that companies are really wondering and have that, you know, fear of disruption in, in their market are questions that we answer with our predictive data. Okay. So this is, this is really in-depth intelligence on these industries. Absolutely. And so you mentioned some of the things that people use it for, like, you know, why would someone become a customer to use this? Yeah. So a a bunch of different reasons, you know, I would say the biggest one is really tracking competitors and tracking the market. You know, there's not a lot out there on private companies and and trends, I guess, futuristic trends that are going to happen. And you, you know, we're, we're all with competition here, right? So we, we want to make sure that we're staying on, on top of, the latest and greatest. So that's, you know, that's the main reason why people will use us. We do have a lot of people that just love our 
how easy our platform is to share information amongst their team. So we do that as well. Nice. Okay. And so it's obviously really struck a chord because CB Insights is growing like crazy. You've been right in the center of it as, as the sales development leader. Now, before we were talking, the team has gone from 10 to 35 SDRs in a very short time period. And you've been right at the forefront of that. Tell us about that process and like how you think about, you know, hiring and scaling up a team that big. Absolutely. I mean, to be honest, it was extremely tough. And, you know, looking back two and a half years ago when I started, I can't believe we are where we are now. You know, the eight SDRs, eight SDRs that we started with back in 2017, they were just a great group of individuals. And, you know, what I what I needed to do when I came into CB Insights was I had to learn from my SDRs. I had to learn their process learn what they were doing, learn the product, learn everything from them because they were doing this job. I was coming in to more restructure and build the, the team and, you know, in the process. But I, I had to learn from them. And I think that's the most important thing. And I learned so much in, in that time with them. You know, we, we had to keep up with the growth of our account executives and, and the growth of our revenue. So you know, we had very tough hiring targets to, to keep up with. And, you know, it's, it's, we just hit 35 SDRs. We also have three managers that manage those SDRs directly. And then actually as of Monday, we got three interns. So it's, it's been an incredible ride. So a, a lot of room to grow. And we still have more open head count. <laughs> but yeah, for, for us, you know, it's been, it's go, been keeping up with, yeah, keeping up with, you know, the account executives and, and the revenue because we do have a, a great sales team here. Yeah. And they're wanting to get on the phone and talk with customers and you're trying to make it happen as quickly as possible with this incredible growth. So like, you know, you're thinking back on all the learning that must have taken place. I mean, scaling a team that big, if someone's in that same challenge, like what would you look at first as far as putting together a plan and trying to, you know, scale up and, and hire that fast? Yes. Yeah, so the first thing I would, I would say is know the exact target you need to get to and then have a plan of how you're going to get there. I think for me, it was very tough to see, you know, such a, a large number. And we broke it down, obviously, by quarter, so I didn't, really didn't see the big number. But being able to say, okay, when you get these individuals in, how long does it take to ramp them up? How long until they become successful? And then one thing for us here is, is what we look into is you have to build in, in turnover. And most of our turnover happens internally, so promoting a lot of SDRs within. But at what time are we going to, you know, have turnover and how do we make sure we are backfilling with enough time for for those SDRs to get ramped up and and provide qualified opportunities for us. Okay, so it's almost like you have to reverse engineer the pipeline basically, but it's in this case it's the hiring pipeline. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and then and then so let's talk about that. So you know your target and then you know about how long it's going to take and that, that some percentage of people are going to turn over and you can kind of get an idea about when someone needs to be hired and ramped up and then now now what do you do like how do you find enough people to actually talk to to fill all those spots and like fill up the top of the pipeline yeah so we we our recruiters do a great job helping us there but you know we also have time blocks myself and and the three managers james amir and logan on my team have have blocks to do recruiting as well i mean i think it's really important to be involved in the recruiting process we know the people that we want to bring in. So, you know, us going out and finding them makes, makes total sense. I think also one thing that, that separates us is, you know, seeing a, a big number of hires that we need to obtain for a specific quarter. 
it can be stressful and you can fall into you know, fall into a place where you just want to hire and, and hire mediocre individuals because they'll help fill headcount for you. But we're very picky on who we hire and you know we make sure everybody's on board before we hire them. I think that's extremely important because that's when you get in great individuals that will stay and, and stay at your company in a, in a career and not just, you know, job hunt, hop to, to another place. So I think it's really important to be picky with who you hire. And I would say anybody that is in this specific, specific area in their role where they need to hire quickly, you know, don't just settle. There are, there's a lot of great talent out there. It might take longer to go find it, but don't settle with somebody that that's mediocre because in the, in the long run, it's just going to hurt you. For sure. hundred percent. So and you mentioned you have an idea about the type of people that you want to bring in on the team. So how did you like, is it written down or is it just sort of a gut feeling that you have? It's, it's a gut feeling. I've interviewed hundreds and hundreds of people. <laughs> Yeah. over time. And it is, you know, I think we, we do screen them with an initial phone screen and then we actually have an assessment that we put them through. But when we bring them on site, you know, we, we look for, you know, passion or the excitement to be in sales. I've seen some people that go into sales because they're like, oh, you know, my, my parents are in sales or someone said I'd be good at sales. But do they really have that passion to be in this role where, you know, it's, it's a roller coaster ride. There are ups and downs constantly and, and you need to know how to handle yourself yeah, we test for work ethic. Are you, you know, are you able on those days that you're not having a good day? Are you able to come in and, and put it behind you and, and continue to work hard? We look for, you know, we look at their background. We typically hire individuals right out of out of college. We do hire, you know, people that with some experience, but it's mainly out of college. So we look at their background, you know, what can translate or what are they doing in their in their background that can translate into the SDR role. So whether it's sports, clubs, internships, any academic projects that they've done. Coachability is a big one for us. You know, it's we're we're not too strict on do they know the product at CB Insights because it is a little more in depth. But if we tell you information, are you coachable to relay that back to us? And then I, you know, I always just see what they know about my background. I think it's important to see what what kind of prospecting they did prior to coming in. So, you know, do they know a lot about my background? Are they asking me questions based on my LinkedIn? Because that just shows that they have that hunter mentality. Wow. Okay. And so you have a lot here. So they've got to be passionate, excited, hardworking. You have to be able to demonstrate that and not just like say, oh, I'm really hardworking. <laughs> Something on their resume that says, oh yeah, you, you, you can prove it. And then I like, you know, also coachable. And that, that seems like a huge thing. How do you, how, do, how can you tell if someone's coachable? Because I think anybody who's ever managed an SCR team, you know, who's listening, you've always got like a few people who are just like, I know it all. Like, I'm a know it all. Like, you don't even, they're not even listening to any of your feedback. And yet they're still struggling. And it's like, ah, this person's not really coachable. So it's like, how do you find somebody who can, demonstrate the fact that they are coachable? I would say there are two parts to coachability. One is social cues. So when you're talking to somebody, are they cutting you off? Are they, you know, looking at you and, and nodding their head and, and very interested? You know, I think that shows coachability. But I also think, you know, what we do here is we have, you know, about two hours of interview. So people going in and out. And if we ask somebody a question and they don't know exactly what the answer is, and we tell them, We'll come out to our our next in whoever is going in next interview and say, you know, hey, I I asked so and so this question. This is the answer I told them. See if they can repeat it back to you. So we're we're looking for listening skills. We're looking for once we give you that information, are you able to take that and digest that? Wow. Okay. Well, hopefully nobody who's going to interview with you is listening to this. Because, <laughs> well, actually, it'd be good. Right? That would be very good. It would show they did their homework. 
Yeah, because it seems like, and not to, I want to dig in on this, but it seems like people who are applying for the SDR role, like the economy has been good for so long that there's so many different SDR jobs out there that they don't really do a lot of homework. Like they come in and they haven't looked at your LinkedIn profile and they're thinking of like the five other interviews that they have later in the day. And I guess this process really can screen. It does. And, and we've, we don't try to trick anybody. We don't ask any, you know, crazy questions. We, we just, we really want to know, can you do this job? Because as you know, David, and most, you know, people in the, in the role or that have managed the role, it's a tough job. You know, it's, you don't get the glory of closing deals right away. You know, you're, you're doing all the grunt work by, by scheduling appointments and, you know, and qualified opportunities and in, in, in hopes that, you know, one day you'll be an account executive. So it's more just, you know, are you going to be set up for success? Because the last thing I want to do is hire somebody that hates the job and isn't set up for success. Yeah, that's the worst. That's the worst on both ends. And now how do you balance then? You mentioned that you're very picky with your hiring and you use a lot of these different screening tools and stuff. How do you balance the need from the business where they're saying like, we need 20 SDRs like yesterday. And then at the same time, you're like, I don't want to just put a bunch of people in here because it becomes a disaster. How do you balance that? I think that's the toughest part of this. And when we had, you know, that many openings, I think, you know, at most we had maybe 12 openings at once. And, and that was tough. You know, we had, first of all, our, our weeks are tied up interviewing all day, every day. So it takes a lot of time, but also, you know, it's more to me, it's more about the quality of the candidate over the quantity because we're investing a lot of time in our training here. So if we hire somebody that, that doesn't work out, it's just, it takes a lot of time and effort. So in the beginning, I was managing all the SDRs before, you know, Amir, Logan and James came on to, to manage for me. And after every interview, we meet together and we talk about each candidate. And there are some candidates that we're re- willing to take a risk on because we do see the coachability and, and the general curiosity about the, the industry we're in. But then there are other candidates where we're like, you know, and I don't think that they have it and we pass on them. So that was a little bit of a roundabout answer. But I tend to think, you know, if you have openings, don't just hire individuals. Make sure that, that you know, everyone that is interviewing or at least 75% of the people interviewing are, you know, on, on the same page. Because, you know, if you hire somebody just to hire and no one was really on the same page there, it's really tough to, to keep them on board and, and to keep people excited to work with them. Are you in sales, but you're not using a sales engagement tool? Then you're probably losing out on revenue because you are not engaging with prospects at the right time, with the right cadence, and with enough persistency. You need VanillaSoft. Start your free trial today. Go to VanillaSoft.com. Totally. And then what do you do? What do you do if you're really excited about a candidate and they, they went through your whole process and like you're just like, you know, they are a total winner. And then you get feedback from other people and they're like, eh, you know, not so much. Like, how do you, how do you deal with that? You know, and is it just like, if it's not a hell yeah, then it's a no or. No, no, not at all. I mean, there are some people that are absolutely rock stars. I would say all of our steers here are definitely rock stars, but I, I am biased. <laughs> are they sitting is that right? No, no, they're, they're not. <laughs> we actually, we actually have our future fintech conference, so a lot of them are in and out there. So, yeah, it's it's tough. You know, I, as I mentioned, you know, I've I've interviewed so many individuals and have talked to a bunch of different different people over the years, and you know, I I think I have a good good idea of of what a good hire is, but there are some times you know where you just don't get that right. So, we we do take chances and we do want to 
take chances on on more people than you know than we can because it's it's important to give someone an opportunity to prove they can do this job. I would say if, if everybody's kind of like an eh, then we'll probably pass on the person. But if there are a few people that are are strong individuals, so you know, I always you know sit down with with everyone that interviewed and said, you know, would you want this person on your team? And if someone's like hell yes, then you know we we let them take them on their team. But it's typically, you know, we typically all come to an agreement after after sitting down together and, and talking through our red flags, talking through what each individual did well. And we, we typically, it's rare that we disagree on on who we're hiring. And have you ever, have you ever like, everything's all lined up, you're really excited and everybody agrees and they pass the whole assessment process and then, and then they, it just didn't work out? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, we've, we've, yeah, we've had that. Getting into details, but it's like, you know, God, we, we, everything was lined up and then it just like, what, what happened, you know? Yeah, it, it happens. It, it definitely does. And, you know, I would say not as much here, which, which I'm, I'm absolutely grateful for because, you know, it, it is tough when that happens because you, you do take a chance on individuals and they're young in, in their career. So for it not to work out at your first job, it's tough. And I would say that's actually the worst part of, of my job. But, you know, it's, it's interviews and assessments. You can't cover everything. You really don't know someone. You can test for work ethic, but you really don't know somebody's work ethic until they start in the role. You know, you can test for, for coachability. As much as we think we, we, like I said, we get it right. You know, you, you can't really tell that until someone's in here, you know, eight, 10 hours a day working. I think, you know, there are some people that are great at interviewing, some people that, really think that they want sales and, and sell you on the fact that they want sales and they get in the job and like, oh, I did not sign up for this. So it, it happens. We try to screen for as much as possible, but you know, unfortunately you, you just can't get it right every time. Yeah. It's so hard. I mean, I, I give massive props to all SDR managers out there because it has got to be one of the hardest jobs. I mean, you know, in the old days, like people would just hire like tons of people and then they would, they would know that you know, 90% would not work out. I mean, just knowing that. So all these people would come in and it would just like be 90% turnover, you know, yeah. or, or they would just outsource the whole SDR program. They're like, right. I don't want to deal with this, you know? Yeah. And there, there are a lot of companies that will, you know, hire, hire a big class. And as you mentioned, and, you know, they'll, they'll put them through like a three month assessment or training to see. And then after that three months, only a certain percentage move on. So instead of, you know, that's something that, that's the culture I, I, you know, always wanted to stay away from. So that's, you know, why I'd say, you know, we're pretty, pretty strict. It's, it's rare we have big classes in the summer. We do just because we hire them, you know, from December on. Um, and so we have big classes in the summer for graduating individuals. But, you know, it's rare we have more than four SDRs starting at a time. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the, it's like the pendulum kind of swung the other way of being super careful and really making sure that we do everything that we can to get the best person for the company and for the role and for the team and for the culture. And then it's like, there's a way better chance that they stick around and they're productive, you know, versus like 90% attrition rate. I mean, it, it, even like, you know, Wall Street, they don't even make any money, right? For like the first year that they're there or, you know, and they have to prove themselves 100% and then they and then they make tons of money if they're good at it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> it's so true. And and we always say that, you know, when we hire, we're looking to hire individuals, like we want people that want to be in sales. You know, I don't want somebody coming in saying, yeah, down the line, I, I want to do marketing because it's just so hard to get through 
you know, 16 to 18 months of, of this role and not have a sales mentality. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and eventually, like, I mean, definitely, if you're an SDR listening to this and you're thinking about, you know, like, am I really cut out for this role? Like, not everybody is. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. sales is, is like you said, it's it's a roller coaster and, and it's really tough. And it's like, if you can put in a year or two, do a really good job as an SDR, then you might be able to position yourself for something else at the company that they need. If you're a really good person and they, they you know, you fit in well with the culture. But I mean, you know, not everybody is meant to be in sales, you know? Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, am my social cues okay? Because I, I feel like I'm talking a lot. No, it's great. <laughs> so, so I want to ask you now. We got the we went through this whole process. We've got these great people. You know, 99% are awesome. What do they do now? Like, what does the first couple months look like on your team to make sure that they can talk to the customers or the prospects and they know about your product? Yes. So we do very heavy training. The first month is is heavy training on use cases, who would use us and why, the tools that we use, our mock pitch, and really everything you need to know about CV Insights and our our prospects and, and potential customers. And then we have our second month where you're starting to send some emails, getting on the phones, doing mock calls, while still learning and, and being tested on, on these use cases. And then the third month, you're still ramping. So you're not full quote until your fourth month. And you're still you know, learning a bit, but you're doing more with your account executives, strategizing with the accounts that you're working, you know, sending, sending really highly personalized emails, cold calling. So we ease individuals into it, but we do have a lot of training and that has, you know, it's taken a village here to evolve that over time. When I first started, we really did not have, have the best training. And, you know, now we have a, we have a team that's dedicated to helping us do this and, and running through all the use cases and, and, and really all like the product level training with the, with the SDR. So it's been extremely helpful, but it really has, it's taken a lot of people to, to make sure we're giving the best training possible. Yeah, I think the worst part or the worst thing that anybody could do in in this role is not give SDRs enough training because that's going to set them for success success in the long run. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, I I think it, I feel like it's changing a little bit, but sort of the usual approach was, well, we don't want to take them off the phone. I'm making like quote marks. Like we, we don't want to take them off the phone too long or, you know, they, if they're not at their desk, like they're not being productive. And it's like, that's crazy because like they could be on the phone, but they'd have no idea what they're doing. So like, why would you not train them? Uh, like, And so for your program, like as it's evolved, how much time do you, you and your, the leadership actually spend like actually training them? Or now do you have some support that, that they can, you can offload that a little bit? Cause it seems like the other thing I hear a lot is it's so time consuming. Oh yes, it's extremely time consuming. We have we have new hires start. We know that our time, the next you know, three months is dedicated to making them become successful while still growing our team that we have currently. So it, it is, it's it's the most important part of our job, but also the most time consuming part of our job. We do have a lot of people that help, and that's you know why I reference it takes a village, because we have some of our senior SDRs will run trainings, account executives, our sales directors will, will run trainings. You know, we have our, our revenue operations team that will will jump in and, and help us out there. And then we do have a, a dedicated sales enablement team that that runs through it as well. So 
it, it is a lot of help. You know, the, the entire org does a lot to make sure that you know, anybody starting is, is successful. So but there's no way it could be done with, without the help of everybody. Yeah. And, and so you're sort of in the supervisory role then. So you're orchestrating all these different people that are executing on the onboarding program that you kind of oversee. So yeah, so I, I manage three managers, as I mentioned earlier, and they directly manage their SDR. So they're, they're doing most of the trainings. I do run some trainings about how to be successful in the SDR role and then kind of like the expectations. But then we also have some products, some people on the product team. And, and as I mentioned, our kind of our, uh, our like training and sales enablement team that will do a lot of the product knowledge, which is, is great because a few of them actually start on the SDR team and, and now have grown within the company. So I, I love to see that. But yeah, so, so they do, they do a lot of the trainings and, and we just have a lot of, of, you know, individuals that have, have been here and have seen, you know, CB insights grow. So we, we like to include them because we think it's, you know, it's important to, to talk to people that have been here three plus years and, and tell them about their experience here and what has made them successful. Yeah, I, I just envision them in like rocking chairs. with. <laughs> well, when we first started. Uh, so, that's, that's awesome to see. And also to see the team, you know, like integrated throughout the company now. Like I said, you know, like you started sales development and you could end up in high value roles throughout the company, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. And so, and I wanted to ask you, so as you put the onboarding together, like how do you know if it's being successful? Like, and so they're doing all these, all this training and stuff like that. And then at the end of it, is it like, okay, this person's ramped up, they're being productive, they're overall doing well. And so we know, okay, check that box. Like they are officially onboarded. I would say there are a few components to it, one of them being what you just mentioned, but also I like to get feedback from the SDRs that have gone through the training. You know, I, I think it's something that, as I mentioned, you you need to continue to, to, to evolve as you grow. You know, what worked for us when we were 10 to 15 SDRs is much different than you know, what's working for us now that we're you know, 35 SDRs. So I, I do believe that you need to be conscious of, of how often you change it and evolve your, your training. So I do, I meet with all the SDRs after they have gone through training and during their training and, and see what we can be doing better, what they feel like they had too much training on or what they need more training on. And, and each time we, we change it a bit and, and make it better. Got it. Okay. Excellent. And so let me ask you this. Now you've got the team, you've got all these people, <laughs> you're like coming and going, okay, this is crazy. What are the biggest challenges that you have right now? just organizing this whole thing and making it productive? Biggest challenges, you know, I think, I think there are a lot of, a lot of different challenges that, that we go through as, you know, as a team and an organization, you know, but I think the biggest challenge for me is, is making sure that we're able to set, you know, every single person up for the success and the career that they want. So we do, we have a lot of meetings and, and a lot of trainings as, as we, we were talking about, but, you know, making sure that, each day, their head, you know, it's in the in the right in the right space to continue to do this. You know, I always every a, a big question and a, a question that I commonly get in interviews is, you know, what's the the hardest part of being an SDR? And my answer is coming in day after day and doing this job to the best of your ability. And you know, when you're when you're done with a month, whether it was a good month or a bad month, you're starting back at zero. You know, so it's it's really tough to come in and do that. So. You know, making sure that, that the team is, is continuing to 
get excited. You know, we celebrate big wins, small wins, but then we hold ourselves accountable for, for when we, you know, when we miss different, you know, different levels of, of goals. And, you know, I think that's really important. I think it's important to, you know, not always, always dwell, but learn from, you know, learn from misses, but making sure that the team knows when we do well, like we'll celebrate those successes. Yeah. So it, it kind of comes down to, you know, the motivation really. I mean, and, and it's like, it's tricky because like people have to be somewhat self-motivated, you know, like you can't, you can't like motivate someone, you know, beyond what you control as the leader. So you try to probably find people that are self-motivated, but then it's like, what can you do as a leader to motivate people on an ongoing basis, you know, with all everything that you have within your control? Right. Yes, I always say I can teach you how to sell. I can't teach you how to love sales. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's it's important to it's important to know love what you do because it's, no, I, I think I don't think sales is hard to learn. I think it's hard to to be very good at it, and I think it's hard to come in every single day and put you know put the sweat the small stuff. It's just a better way to put it. And and to me making sure that, as you mentioned, the motivation is still there and, and making sure that everyone sees where they can grow to. You know, SDRs don't want to be SDRs forever. I don't know many that do. So making sure that, that they see the light at the end of the tunnel if they're successful and having those conversations early on. You know, I don't, I believe in, in having and being transparent with those you know, conversations of what do you want to do? Where do you want to be? How can I help you get there? Because SDRs, when they know you're invested in their growth, they're going to work 10 times harder for you. Nice. I think they'd be lucky to work for you. I used to seem like really thoughtful about this. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, it's a good combination. Anybody listening that's thinking about applying to CB Insights, which you should, <laughs> it's a good combination because there's a thoughtful, forward-looking leader, really well-thought-out structured program, great company that's growing really fast. And it's in basically the center of the world, which is New York City, right? Is that where most of them would work or? Uh, yes, we're, we're all in New York. So yeah, we have basically uh, in, in the center of the earth. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Best city in the, I like to say best city in the U.S. <laughs> and San Francisco is a close second. Yes. Yes. And we're going to get you out here again for the conference, right? Can't wait. I'm putting you on the spot. Okay. Can't wait. <laughs> we'll make a big package deal. Get all the SDRs out here from, from CB Insights. Oh, they'd love that. Don't say that if they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But Lauren, this has been so interesting. I think everybody listening, go back, listen to this again, take notes and just kind of even just the tone of how you're thinking through this and, and setting people up for success within your company, I think is really forward thinking and it's like kind of the future of sales development. So appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your knowledge with us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So LinkedIn, best way to get in touch with you. How can people connect? LinkedIn is great. That's perfect. I always read all my messages and, and connect. So yeah, LinkedIn, absolutely. Okay. LinkedIn. And then if you're not, this is a little side note, but if you guys are listening to this, you're not on the CB Insights newsletter, you've got to jump on there because we could probably make a whole show just about how like the newsletters are funny and informative and they're probably the best newsletters that you'll get out there in a business perspective. Yeah, I, I, I love them. And like I said, I'm biased, but it, it's <laughs> awesome. It's, it's really cool. And every time you talk to somebody like, oh, CP Insights, I love your newsletter. It's just like cool to talk about. But yeah, I, I highly recommend it. We have so many subscribers and it just, you know, makes light of, of situations and, and gives you a lot of great knowledge. Definitely. Definitely. So check it out. CB Insights. 
Lauren, thanks again. And we'll get you back on another sales development podcast. Sounds great. Thanks, David. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.